welcome, welcome, welcome to the Purity After Promiscuity Podcast. Please forgive me. I know I'm a little late today, but I'm here keeping my commitment regardless of what I face in my day. Just want to come and just, just worship. Just want to just praise my Lord and Savior because he is good. And even in the midst of chaos and uncertainty, even in the midst of the unexpected, we can rejoice because he is faithful and he is good. And so I'm just so excited to be here today. Um, I was so exhausted because I had a very, very long day. But when, when you about to come and serve the Lord in whatever capacity of ministry or assignment that the Lord has given you, the Holy Spirit will just give you that energy. He will just give you um, everything that you need, right? And so I'm just so full of joy, so excited, um, just for what I believe the Lord has placed on my heart to speak about today. Um, so come, come, come into the room. I'll give a few minutes. Hey, Lily, I see you in the room. Hey, girl. Um, but yes, if you guys want to know what I'm listening to, this is one of my favorite new favorite songs by Torian Wells. It's called Afraid With You. And um, it's just a really good song of encouragement and just how, you know, when you are in the midst of going through um, chaos or storms or, you know, when life is happening, when you gotta know that you need someone there, right? I know the enemy likes to play with our mind and make us think that we need to isolate, but isolation is not the answer. When you in those times of trial and tribulation, when you are going through the fire, when you are in the valley of the shadow of death, Christ is with you. God is with you. Yes. But he also placed people in your life. He placed those destiny partners. He placed those counterparts. He placed those friends, those family members, those spiritual family members who can help hold you up. Or this song is saying, be afraid with you. You know, so sometimes somebody just needs to be there and help you navigate that season of ambiguity, right? And so just, I'm just very thankful for the people that the Lord has placed in my life, that in my season of ambiguity and obscurity, that I'm not alone, amen? And we're never alone because God is with us, right? Christ has, has he has made a way for us to be able to have that right standard relationship. So God is with us until um, the end of the ages, right? But... You know, sometimes we also need those interpersonal relationships to help us to get through, to keep it going, right? So I'm just so excited. And today's episode is true versus truth, right? Um, and I know that may sound interesting, but I just feel like the Lord has really gave me a revelation of what it is he wants me to talk about. And because we're in our identity series. So we're in our fourth season of the Purity After Promiscuity podcast. <laughs> just did not see this journey didn't know what it was gonna look like didn't know what to expect and did not know that i'll be in a season four but how many of us know that when you say yes to god you, that's really your responsibility it's your yes and your commitment to what's required and he takes care of the how the what the journey and so this journey has been um, a very good one, I shall say. I have learned a lot, grown a lot, still growing, still learning, but I'm having fun while I'm doing it. And so that's the type of guy we serve. He calls you to do something and you should enjoy it. Amen. And I'm having just so much fun connecting and, and being able to encourage and uplift and empower and edify my sisters in Christ. And sometimes my brothers get on here and they're edified. So it's just it's just a blessing. And so we're going to continue in our identity series. And today we're going to talk about true versus truth. And so I want to welcome all of my um, new listeners. Hey, girl. Hey, um, welcome to the Purity After Promiscuity podcast, where we are redefining a woman's worth. I'm your host, Janelle Renee. Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is a great community to be a part of. We are here all growing. We're all on a journey. It will look different, but we're all headed in the same direction. And that is to look more and more like Jesus, right? And so as we're doing that, we are navigating what is it? How to be a woman of God? Like, how does it look to navigate this Christian walk as a woman? And when we have these bumps and these these um, roadblocks and these obstacles and hurdles that sometimes can impede our growth or our maturity or impede our relationship or, the, or our identity, how do we get back to that place of wholeness? So that's what the podcast is all about. Yes, it is for women. Also, we do talk about specifically um, about women who have had a sexual history that they're not proud of and how do you get back to a place of purity a place of wholeness a place of feeling worthy and value but that's not just where we want to stop because there is a lot of us who are in need of 
learning how to become whole after experiencing life pre-Christ, right? In times during our um, Christian walk. So it's just all about being um, restored, being whole, and being the phenomenal, extraordinary woman God has called you to be. Also, I want to say, hey, girl, hey, to all my loyal listeners. Thank you for every download. Thank you for every stream. Thank you for every um, support, every form of support that I get. I appreciate each and every one of you guys. You guys continue to keep me going each and every week that I have to get up here and I have to fight through life and fight through all of the things that I have going on. But it's a blessing and an honor to get up here to be able to connect communicate and to even just be able to impart whatever the lord has put on my heart i don't take it for granted and i thank you very much also share 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 the podcast it may not be something you need in a moment but you may know someone who may need it and it may, may be exactly what they've been praying for waiting for so like comment share interact with me you can leave comments when you're on live you can interact and also you can leave comments when you are listening to the replay. So now that we've got the housekeeping out the way, let's get into it. And so y'all, y'all know that normally when the Lord is using me, it seems like he always used me through experience. And so lately I have been in this season of transition and this season of transition has been particularly more heavy than my prior seasons of transition. And I felt the pressure and it seemed like everything has been going in disarray. Like it feel like everything has starting to just like follow apart at the seams like everything that i envisioned everything that i was building towards everything that i was expecting to be at this moment in juncture in my life is just totally opposite and it has brought about so many feelings it has brought about so many you know thoughts and just so many emotions and so many you know ebbs and flows and ups and downs right and one thing that the lord began to speak to me is the reason why a lot of us are not very rooted and grounded in our identity is because we don't really understand true versus truth <laughs> come on somebody this one gonna be good because a lot of times we take our situation our circumstance where you at in a moment what you're feeling the disappointment the heartache you know the and the failed expectation you know whatever it is right the feeling of hopelessness you know the pain if you have physical pain in your body you know you haven't you know some issues in your relationships whatever you're going through in the moment we look at that situation and the reality is that situation or circumstance may be true it may be facts like it's happening to you and it as a result you're having a huge response to it but that circumstance does not give you identity that circumstance is true but it's not the truth because even though you may feel like you're in a place of being beneath the bible says that you above and not beneath you may feel like you're being you know the tail but the bible says that you're the head and not the tail and so when we learn to lean in the to the truth you know we know that the bible tells us that the you know that the knowledge of the truth will make us free but how much of that do we apply how much of that do we really believe because it's so easy and i'm only speaking for me i don't know about you but it's so easy that when life happens and when i'm in a in a place where does not look the way that I thought it was going to look. And I'm not, you know, in that place, you know, where I thought I would be at this time, because as humans, we, we have these different, you know, timelines that we create for ourselves. And then we believe that for some reason that that must be God's timeline for us. And so we just put all this time and energy into accomplishing these certain goals and not to say goal setting is bad because it's not, you want to have direction. You want to be intentional. You want to be in movement, right? However, just because you have an idea of what you think your timeline should be does not mean that that's what God's timeline is and so for me I want to confess that I have been feeling behind I have been feeling like the tail because I'm like at my age in my mind I'm like at my age I should have accomplished this or let's talk let's let's talk real Let, like let's really be honest with ourselves you know I like to be hot on the podcast we're honest open and transparent and so the uh, the truth is sometimes it it comes from a root of comparison right because I have come across so many different testimonials and just different you know people whether it's on social media or you know some YouTube or you know just in life or someone I know personally and they're a lot younger than me okay um and so they have all these accomplishments and they've even accomplished a lot of the things that I'm striving for in my present season and so sometimes we even 
even if it's subconscious, we begin to compare ourselves to people. And that's again, taking us back from to what's true and what's the truth. Because the tr what's true is they've accomplished those things. What's true is they are the age that they at when they accomplished that. And they may have been younger when they did those things. They may be young and they may be doing those things. However, but the truth is just because your journey don't don't look the way you thought it was going to look or doesn't compare to their journey does not make their journey better than yours. And I know as women, a lot of the time, you know, I think something is just in us. Something sometimes has been ingrained in us where we think that we need to compare ourselves to our sisters. We think we need to compare ourselves to the standards that society has placed on us of what they say success looks like or what they say, you know, beauty looks like or what they say, you know, relationship goals are. And so what we begin to do is we begin to, you know, we begin to vary away from the truth and we probably lean in towards things that may be true. But if we're honest with ourselves, a lot of the stuff that is presented in this day and age not, is not even true. So then there's a false sense of truth. So then we, we, we begin to get down on ourselves and we begin to belittle ourselves. And we, at least I can say for me, and we begin to, you know, um, just self sabotage because now instead of focusing on the things that we know we, we are supposed to be doing or that's going to get us to the goal at hand or that's going you know, get us into the will of God. We now have been, you know, paralyzed by all of this comparison and all of these, you know, self-loathing thoughts and all of these negative thoughts and the things that we say about our circumstances of ourselves and they are not edifying. And then they begin to tear us down. And next thing you know that we're stagnant, we're complacent, we're not moving. And so time keeps going and keep passing us by. And then we begin to go into pity because now we continue to feel like life keep passing me by. I'm overlooked. It's happening for everybody but me but that's not the truth the truth is your journey is your journey the truth is the lord he knows the plans for you and it's for a hope in the future the truth is if you were supposed to have done it you would do it it would be done if you haven't completed it yet if you haven't accomplished it yet then god is still working it is not over to it's over. And the moment we begin to focus back on the truth of what God says and not the truth on what we say or not the truth on what other people say or not the truth of what we has as we're comparing our life to someone else's life, then we can begin to have that have that praise and we can be, continue to have that momentum to go forward and become the women of God that he created us to be. And so for myself, I just been up in this thing, you know, I really have been really in a place of sadness. I've been in a place of despair. I've been in a place of just feeling very down and downtrodden because I feel like where I'm at in my life, I feel so behind. I feel so beneath. I feel I've been feeling so overlooked. I've been feeling, you know, like a failure, if I'm honest, because I'm like, I, I'm a mother. I have three sons. I know I'm intelligent. I know I'm gifted. You know, I know that I'm capable. I know I'm hardworking. You know, all of these things that I know about myself. But it's like, what is the disconnect between what it is that I see for my life and what my reality is? And so because I'm so focused on my current circumstances and the lack and what I don't have and what it don't look like and, and, and what I can't do to change my situation that I have really just been in a place of procrastination. Come on now, because procrastination is the bigger, biggest killer of destiny. I'll say that again. Procrastination is the biggest killer of destiny. It's not the enemy. It's not people. It's procrastination because we don't understand that life is going to bring challenges and opposition. Life is going to happen. There's not going to be a perfect set of circumstances. And the reality is when God calls you to something, it's not going to be easy. Now he's with you and it's not supposed to be easy because that's where our dependency on him come in. Because if it's easy, then why do I need him? But for me, I always subconsciously think to myself, well, Lord, like for the, the podcast, for example, I didn't want to do a podcast. I never was going to do a podcast. I the, He planted the thought in my mind, but that's where the thought was going to stay, if I'm honest. I was never going to really actualize the thought until he really thrust me out the boat like he did. But the reality is, in my mind, I assumed, okay, Lord, I know this is you because this ain't me. 
and I don't want a podcast. And I certainly don't want a podcast called Purity After Promiscuity and having to put all my dirty laundry out there to let the people know that I was, I got a pass. And I got a pass that's like, you know, that most people don't believe when I begin to tell them my testimony. You know, I got a pass that includes promiscuity. I got a past that includes, you know, being out here in the streets and doing some very terrible things and being a terrible person and committing all kind of heinous acts and crimes and all kind of things. Like I have that in my past, right? And so the moment the Lord revealed to me, not only was I going to do a podcast, but I had to do a podcast and I had to talk about me. Like, excuse me? No, no, no. But I knew it because he continued to confirm over and over again. And I made every excuse in the book to why I couldn't do it. Because in the time when he called me to do the podcast, because I'm going to just be honest, I was poor. I was poor, poor. I was living in an empty house. I had no money. I had no car. Like I had no resources. Like I was in a lot of pain. I was still going through the recovery from being in a very, very horrible car accident where I had to get all kind of back surgeries and go through all these treatments. So the circumstances was just so just unorthodox for the Lord to be telling me to do anything like a podcast. But if you've been knowing God even two seconds, how many of us know that he doesn't flow in orthodox? His ways are not our ways. His thoughts, not our thoughts. So in the midst of chaos, in the midst of what I felt like my life was falling apart and I didn't even feel worthy. I didn't even feel like I had anything to give. I had, I didn't even feel like I had anything to contribute. What the Lord kept bringing to me is the story of the widow's oil. And when the man of God said, what's in your house? <laughs> and see, so a lot of times the thing that's really connected to our identity is in our hand all along. Like Moses had a staff all along, but when God called him at the burning bush and he had his, he had his encounter with God and God began to, to call him and give him identity and tell him who he was and, and what he was called to do. And he got to go back from the place he's been running from. Cause some of us, our destiny is going to take us back to the place that we ran from. For some, like for me, I ran from my past. I ran from my past of being promiscu promiscuous. I ran from my past with having more sexual partners than I want to um, admit. I ran from my past having to admit that I had, uh, had, had sexual relations with women too. I ran from that. I didn't want nobody to know. And the more that I got into, um, um, the body of Christ and, and became, you know, more involved and start establishing relationships and going to church. I really didn't want nobody to know. Lord forbid. Lord forbid one of these people, one of my, these people I go to church with who are quote unquote looking and like they're holier than thou. Surely I don't want them to know about my tainted past right and so this was the thing i had ran from from years like i said before in a previous season in a previous episode when i would dread getting into a new relationship with a man and the thought of him asking me how many men i've been with i dreaded that question of all the things he could ask i dreaded being asked because i didn't want to lie but i knew i was gonna lie <laughs> Let's just keep it real. I knew I was going to lie because I didn't have the courage because I just felt like I was going to automatically be disqualified or he was going to automatically not love me or not accept me, you know, because of my past. So that was the thing that I ran from for years. And here I go having an encounter with the Lord in my time of just being at in a pit, being at a low place, being at a, in a place where I felt like I was just very just just depleted. Like I felt like I was just totally just you know like I was just incapable of doing anything. Like I couldn't get myself out of my situation. I couldn't contribute financially. I couldn't. I barely could hold myself together to be there for my children like i was in a dark place and and then the lord is like hey i need you to go start a podcast and i need you to talk about your past because guess what you're not the only one and too many times we get so absorbed and consumed with our past or with our mistakes or with our shortcomings or with our sin and we fail to realize that we're not the only one and the Lord began to show me, even in that moment, like there was so many other women like me. There were so many other women who, for whatever reason, because there's always a reason why you go down a path. It's not always a choice. For me, it wasn't a choice. It stemmed from, you know, having things happen to me as a child, being molested, you know, all of these things. And it led me to that. And he was saying that so many.
are searching for love in other wrong places like I was. So many women are looking for validation and love and value in a relationship and so many women are using their body trying to get attention all the things that i was doing so many women are continually to continually giving 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 out and they're constantly coming back void and empty like i was and he wanted me to be the one to not just tell them about my god who's the god of redemption who's the god of restoration who's the god of the second chance who's the god who can make you back whole again who's the god who can restore your innocence again who's the god who can cause you to be pure and holy the God who can cause you to overcome no matter what your circumstances is, who can heal you from that sexual abuse, who can heal you from that molestation, who can heal you from that rape. You know, all of those things that I experienced, instead of me just being somebody who is speaking that I'm actually a living testimony, I can show you what better than I can tell you because that's my story. So what was true in the moment the, what was true was my circumstances was my circumstances, but the truth was God still called me. The truth was that I still had a lot to give. The truth was that I still had value. The truth was that I still was full of purpose and I still was full of anointing and I was still gifted and I still had something that the world needed, that these women needed. And instead of me allowing myself to be overcome with, with all of this grief and turmoil and sadness like I did, and I did for a long time, I finally had to answer the call. So when we begin to understand that there is things that are true, but what is the truth? Because a lot of times we innately allow our circumstances to identify us. We allow our circumstances to give us identity. We allow what we have gone through to taint us and to taint our perception of ourselves. And God is saying that just because something is true, that don't mean it's the truth. What is the truth? It is his word. It is the words he spoke over you. It is who he called you. It is those promises he gave you. Every promise is in, in the Bible is just an amen. It is who he called you. It is him saying that he knew you before he formed you. It is him saying you are fearfully and wonderfully made. David said, wonderful are your works and we know them very well. He, we are his workmanship and he, we know his workmanship is very well. We are made and created in his likeness, in his image. We are the apple of his eye. We're a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, right? We are the chosen. We are the righteousness of God. We are his children. Like when you begin to understand the truth, you won't allow your circumstances to identify you and you won't allow your circumstances to paralyze you because from my experience and again I'm talking about me but I know that I know that I've come across many 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 people who can corroborate what I'm about to say it seems like God likes to do his best work in your place of obscurity God likes to do his best work in your place of obscurity. When you're in the place where you feel like everything is falling apart, when you're in a place where you feel like you're struggling in the most, when you're in a place where you feel like everything, you know, it's just no hope that it's impossible, you know, that you're just going to just like the woman, you know, the well, the one widow woman with Elijah, she was just going to bake the last cake and she was just going to sit in her and her son was going to die. That's what she thought because there was a famine in the land. Sometimes we have a famine in our life. I know I have. Sometimes there's a family in our life where our relationships has dried up, right? You ain't got nobody checking for you. Ain't no dudes looking at you. You like you gotta go and check in the mirror, like, wait, is something going on? Am I am I ugly? Is I got something on my face? Is like what's happening? Like, why is it like I'm invisible? Why is it like nobody see me? Like nobody. Sometimes it's like, let me just make sure, you know, that that something ain't wrong. Let me let the one who I don't even want to check for me check for me just so I can make sure you I still got it, right? Or your friendships is drying up. There's a family of your friendships. Maybe you're in a transition and God is, you know, restructuring your friendships. And so you may feel like you're just losing. Maybe some of those friendships you've had over years and years you've cultivated and you've invested a lot of time and energy and all of those things. But God is saying it's time for you to elevate. And so I need to restructure your relationships. And see, we don't really know what God is doing because he's, all, he's working behind the scenes. All we see is the fruit of it. So it looks like everything is falling apart. It looks like we're just in a place where we're losing everything and everyone, right? That's a famine. Sometimes our famine is not in the, in 
in the land. Sometimes the famine is in our own life, right? And so I've been in many seasons where the famine was in my life, where I felt like I was losing on every side. I was, I had lost my relationship, my romantic relationship. I lost my friendships. I lost, you know, um, my income. I lost my car. I lost my ability to work. I lost, you know, so many things. I just felt like I was just losing and, you know, I had to give up, you know, all kind of stuff. And I'm like, Lord, where are you? Why am I in this season? And it's in that season where I felt the most depressed and I felt the most low and I felt the most inadequate and I felt the most unqualified where God began to come and do a work in me and he began to shape and mold me and he began to prepare me for what he was calling me to because God likes in obscurity he don't do the things do things the way that men does them he don't do the things where they got to be a perfect set of circumstances that you got to have everything right you got to have all your ducks in a row all god need is a yes all he need is your availability i know i remember um i've heard um this saying um a few times and i think i just heard it here recently where it's that saying that it goes the best ability is availability and that is so true when it comes to god he don't care about your resume <laughs> that's man we gotta we gotta have this beautiful you know this this doctored up you know um resume to submit to an employer to try to sell ourselves right even though you know you overqualify even though you know you have the skill sets even though you know you have the experience still you got to because there's other people competing for the same for the same position come on now oh this is about to minister to somebody even me because there's so many other people competing for the same position you gotta really try to make sure that you really overly sell yourself you gotta make sure you get a, a resume expert to help you put the right words and know how to structure it in the right way you gotta get the right cover letter you gotta have the right pictures you gotta have the right profile you know you gotta have the right words the key words you gotta you know you gotta have the right kind of email and you gotta you know just make sure you put the the right summary and right description and, and you gotta make sure you format the resume the right way and you gotta do all these things yourself so somebody can choose you but how many of us know that with god you don't have to sell yourself he chose you before he even formed the foundations of the world you was already chosen the moment he allowed you to come from heaven into your mother's womb however you got there does not matter the moment he sent you there it was because you he chose you you were you were created for a reason and a purpose you are a walking solution to a problem here in the earth it don't matter what you think what nobody's told you what you've been through what you look like your culture your gender your background and the experience does not matter you are a walking solution there is innovation and creativity there's ideas and concepts and businesses and companies and organizations there are, you know um so global you know solutions just all kind of things are walking around every day and a lot of us don't know it and it is God, you don't have to compete. You don't have to try to build this super, you know, amazing resume. You don't got to try to sell yourself. You don't got to have the right pitch. You don't have to make sure you learn how to, you know, interview well and all of that with God. He just chose you because he loved you because he loved you so much that he sent his son to die for you. So the, it may be true that you might be experiencing a famine in an area, but the truth is God is faithful. And if you even begin to study out the, the, the stories where there were famine in the land, when you look at that and you trace that out, you see that everything around the people of God was experiencing the famine, but not the people of God. Because God is faithful. And in famine was what I find interesting when you look at Genesis, um, when you look at Kings, when you look at just even in Acts, it's just many a times over and over again, we see where there was a famine in the land because God had to release his judgment because there's not a lack of resources in the earth. If you know God, you know that he created the earth with everything that it needed to sustain itself until the earth will no longer remain. The Bible tells us, I think it's in Genesis 8, as long as the earth shall remain, there'll be seed, time, and harvest. So that means there's always going to be something planted and there's always going to be something producing. So there is
lack right but sometimes god withholds he'll shut the heavens up when you read the scriptures it'll say he shut up the heavens and withheld the rain because without rain nothing can grow so it's not that there is no resources it's just that the resources don't have what it needs to spring forth and sometimes it's not that you don't have what you need maybe for whatever reason god has shut up you know the the windows of heaven to give you what you need for your resources to grow, right? Because maybe he's trying to get your attention. Maybe there's something you got to do to repent. I know that's been my story because I think we don't like to be real honest in our in our walk, in our Christianity. And we do people a disservice when we make people believe that you can walk this walk and it's not what the Bible say for real. That is not truly a narrow and long road, right? Many are called and few are chosen. That that's not the truth. That it's not going to cost you something to live holy. That is not going to cost you something to live righteous. That, you know, a little sin, a little yeast will spoil the whole batch, right? It's the small foxes, right? You have to understand that the moment you confess Christ, you are held to a higher standard. And yes, the Lord is gracious and merciful. And yes, he know we're not perfect. And we all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We all will sin at some point because we're not perfect, but the goal is to be perfected in Christ and you should be being sanctified daily. So that means there should be a conviction when you are sinning. The minute you're willfully sinning and you have no conviction, that is something wrong. That is a red flag. That means you have either you have um, grieved Holy Spirit so much that he's not speaking or, you know, you got to be careful that the father doesn't give you over to a strong delusion or even a reprobate mind. And so, again, we have to understand that living a life as a believer you cannot there's a thin line right there's a thin line and we have to be honest with ourselves sometimes we block our own blessings and we get the and he closes up the the heavens over our life because we have sin we have unconfessed sin or maybe it's not like a physical sin you've done but maybe you have sinned in your heart i know that was the case for me you know the lord as i've been in this what looks like a famine in my life as things look like they started to dry up my resources my finances you know what i thought the direction i was going in with my business like just a lot of things that i have been and i have been used to and comfortable in begin to dry up and i'm like wait a minute lord hold up whoa 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 what's happening here and then i have the nerve to have you know this self-righteousness about myself you know again i like to be honest where i'm like lord i'm being obedient like i'm doing asking me to do i'm sacrificing i'm humbling myself i'm going back and doing things that i don't want to do but because you asking me to do it or i know it's the right thing i'm doing it anyway i've went back and I'm, I'm doing everything that i can to obey you you know i have given up so much for you you know i'm really living a life that i never dreamed of living i'm really intentional about this thing i'm really not the same woman that i used to be i'm really striving to live holy for thou art holy and to live you know a pure life life right and so the lord is like but you missing it you you have unforgiveness in your heart <laughs> you have bitterness in your heart you have an awe in your heart i'm like excuse me because <laughs> we don't like to keep it real because we like to pretend that we you know so perfect that we 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 just are so far removed from sin and that you know those secret hidden sins that are in my heart like god don't know we can hide those things from people but we can't hide them from god and the sins that are that i feel like that are so much more um detrimental are those hidden sins because they're they thrive in darkness because the more we try to hide them and we keep them you know covered up the more they the more they fester the more you know they we tend to you sweep them under the rug and pretend that they don't exist it's those outward sins that we tend to allow to bring more conviction because ooh, you know when you know you just cut somebody out you know that was wrong or if you know you fornicated you know you masturbated you know you know you stole you know you lied on your time sheet you know you lied on your taxes you know what i mean like when you have those outward sins it's like hmm because you can see it you know, because you can see it, it's kind of like, mm, you bring that conviction. It's like, mm. but see, it's those, it's those internal sins that is so easy to overlook. And see, I was overlooking them. It wasn't even that I really knew they were there, to be honest. And when the Lord started revealing to me that the reason why a lot of my prayers hadn't been answered is not because he's withholding something from me. It's not because he's trying to punish me. It's simply because his hands are tied because I have that unconfessed sin in my heart. And so I had to go back to what's true versus truth. What's true is 
someone maybe have done something to me and it was wrong and i and it made me feel away what's true is you know somebody you know really i felt like took advantage of me right what's true is you know i really have just had this struggle in the relationships with my parents and even my siblings like i have some siblings that i just have not talked to in a very very long time simply because of something happening however long ago and i was so upset and they were at fault and all of that and and we just never talked about it and so i wrote them off <laughs> you know like i i gotta confess i gotta confess i am i have been like quick to put people on the chopping block right and unfortunately as believers we don't have that option. So regardless of how true those situations is, regardless of how true them being in the wrong is, the, the regardless of how true of me being taken advantage of, or regardless of how true of me being mistreated, that the truth is as a believer, we're called to forgive. <laughs> Somebody gonna get free today. It's gonna be me, but I hope it's you too. Because if we're honest with ourselves, sometimes it's not the enemy. Sometimes it ain't nobody, no witch. It ain't nobody doing no magic, no sorcery, no hoodoo, you know, none of that. Sometimes it's just you ain't dealing with you. And yes, what's true is somebody probably did hurt you. What's true is somebody probably did persecute you, lie on you. What's true is somebody probably really offended you. But the truth is, Jesus said we don't repay evil with evil, but we repay evil with doing good because in doing so we reap coals and heap of coals on their head. You turn the other cheek. When, when he was asked, how many times do you forgive? He says 77 times seven. The Bible tells us that according to the measure or the according to how much we forgive, that is going to determine how God forgives us. According to the measure of mercy we show, that's the measure of mercy he'll show us. And do we really realize this? So even in the midst of me crying out, snotting, bawling, tearing, praying, fasting, declaring the word, putting him in remembrance, you know, all of the things that I know to do as a believer, nothing was working. Why? Because I had not dealt with the unconfessed sin in my heart. And it's something about confessing and then repenting. Because <laughs> I find that sometimes we confess but we don't repent. What is repentance? Repent repentance is you stopping, like you're heading in a direction and it's the wrong direction. It's the direction you away from the Lord, away from, you know, righteousness, away from, you know, his will. And you stop in and then you turn around and you go back toward him. So you stop that action and then you go back to do what you know is right. And so sometimes what repentance you got to make amends. <laughs> let me let that marinate. With repentance, with forgiveness, sometimes you got to make amends. That don't even mean that you got to be friends with the person or you got to be back in a relationship with them. But what it do mean, you got to, you have to truly release them and you have to be able to be kind to be cordial to show love and mean it <laughs> and that's the part that i feel like a, that trips us up a lot because we don't understand that god is serious about this thing we are a peculiar people we are uh, we are in this world but not of the world so we are not to operate as the world operates we can't be you know quick to you know put people on the chopping block we can't be quick to cancel people with the cancel culture we can't be quick to repay evil with evil an eye for an eye we can't be quick to you know just show hate when because someone showed us hate we are called to to take the high road we are called to truly be ambassador ambassadors for the kingdom of heaven to truly live a life that is a reflection of christ in the earth and god is love like when it's all said and done the greatest of faith hope and love is love love is the greatest and the bible tells us god is love and so if we say we love god but we love not our brother who we don't see then we don't love the god i mean we we don't love the brother who we do see 
then how can we say we love the God that we don't see? Then we are a liar and the truth is not in us. So if we don't know how to go and extend love and mean it to people who've hurt us, because the, the Bible says that to love people who love you, even the Gentiles do that. That's not, that don't even get you no points. <laughs> that ain't even put you no points on the board. Like, do we understand this? Like when you love people because they treat you good, when you love people because they love you back, when you love people because they lovable, it's like everybody do that. Even people who not even believers do that, right? You don't get no points for that. But when you can love people who hurt you, when you can love people who abandoned you, when you can love people who betrayed you, when you can love people who turn their back on you, when you can love people who lied on you. See, it's the love of God that is going to break, you know, whatever is over them, whatever how, whatever is causing them to, to have that negative behavior and that negative reaction or response towards you, whatever is that is over them, it's going to be the love. God that's going to break that off of them, not you canceling them, not you giving them the silent treatment, not you ignoring and acting like they don't exist, not you talking about them in a situation to everybody else but them. No, it's going to be when you actually leave your gift at the altar, like the Bible says, like before we go and we go into worship and we go into prayer, we go into praise. Before we do that, when we know we got it all in our heart, we're supposed to leave our gift at the altar and go settle that off. But how many of us do it? So the Lord began to show me that what was true is I'm experiencing what feels like a famine in my life. Things are apparently drying up, right? Opportunities, resources, finances, relationships, whatever, right? That's true. But the truth is, it's not because God is withholding anything from me. It's not because God is punishing me or I'm receiving some judgment. It's simply because I'm in my own way because I have not dealt with those hidden sins, those hidden things in my heart. And when you read your word, you know, and you begin to understand that when you have that unconfessed sin, when you have that unforgiveness, that bitterness, when you have those things in your heart that hinders your prayers, you're praying amiss. Because your prayer is the fervent and effectual prayers of the righteous that availeth much. We got to really take things into context, study words out, get understanding in all our getting. It's of the righteous. Not to say that, you know, you are not, you know, not living a life worthy of the Lord or you're not doing things that are pleasing and that you're not living right. But it is to say you have these things in your heart, then that is bringing unrighteousness. And so he began to show me that what's true in my situation and what I'm feeling and how I'm perceiving my perception of my situation is real, but it's not the truth because the truth is God is willing. He is willing and able to bless me. He is willing and able to answer my prayers. He is more than willing and able to see me prosper, be in health as my soul prosper. He don't want me to see me down here tormented and tortured. He don't wait. There is no lack in him. He is a good God. He is Jehovah Jireh. He's our provider. He provides all of our needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Why would he want to see me suffer and be in lack? Why would he want to see me feeling being behind and beneath when the word says that I am the head and I to tell above only and not beneath why would he want to just sit back and do that but because we sometimes don't take enough time to allow the lord to minister to us to reveal to us the truth about us a lot of times we are so focused on someone else what they did that we're not really looking at us and taking responsibility for our part so then we can never deal with the true issue because the issue isn't that person the lord is going to deal with them if in their wrong if they wronged you the lord is going to handle that he says vengeance is mine but the reality is you got to deal with you and the Lord began to show me that what was what I felt is true and what may be true in my situation, it still wasn't the truth. Because regardless of what it looks like, he still loves me. I can feel forsaken. I can feel deserted. I can feel rejected. I can feel abandoned. But the truth is, God will never leave nor forsake me. The truth is that God is always with me. The truth is he is omniscient, omnipresent, and omnipotent. The truth is he's an ever-present help in a time of trouble. The truth is that he sticks closer than a brother. That's the truth. Yes, I feel deserted. Yes, I feel overlooked. Because I'm looking at my situation with a, it's like a 2D view. 
when God is looking at, at it from a 3D, right? He has a panoramic view and I, I have more of this straight line, you know, um, streamline view where I can only see what's right directly in front of me when he can see the whole picture. And so he began to minister to me and I pray that this is ministering to somebody that may be what we need to do because we know that if you know you live in your life and you're doing what God has called you to do, you're in obedience and you're doing everything you can to, you know, to be in the will of God, you're seeking him, you're praying, you're spending time in your word. You're fulfilling your assignments. It's like, you know, you're doing everything, but it just seems like everything in your life is going in the opposite direction. Like everything seems like it's falling apart. Things seem like they're drying up. Um, you know, you feel like you are, you have entered into a wilderness again or a dry place again. You ask God to show you, is there something in your heart? Ask God to show you, you ask God to show you, you know, is there some unconfessed sin that maybe you just overlooked, you forgot about, you didn't realize was there. I know for me, I didn't realize some of it was there. Some of it I knew was there. I'm gonna be honest. I knew it was there, but I, I was just, I guess I thought I could trick God because I kept saying I had forgiven. I kept saying I had let it go and I was over it. But the truth was I wasn't. And he knows right? We can't trick God. Sometimes we try, you know, at least I, I tried, but we can't. And he just wasn't going to allow me to stay in that place of deceiving myself because he's too good. He's too sovereign. And he wants me to be free uh, because me forgiving, me showing mercy, me showing love, you know, me releasing all the offense, the person, because how dare I hold someone in, in contempt in my heart and hold someone, you know, um, in offense when Jesus, he took on everything that I deserve and he nailed it to the cross and he conquered it and I didn't deserve it yet. Why? I was still a sinner. And I don't know about you, but I was a sinner sinner. I'm like, Paul, like he said, he, he was a Pharisee of a Pharisees. I was the center of sinners. Like, I'm gonna just keep it real. So I don't deserve that. I don't deserve for that, that, that love. I don't deserve, you know, that, 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 that active love, that act, you know, of atonement and propitiation on my behalf. I don't deserve it because I did a lot of things, but he forgave me anyway. Even in the midst of my sin, when I was making my bed in hell, Christ had already died for me. So how can I sit up here and hold in contempt someone else or hold in contempt, you know, or uh, an offense or awe? Or how can I not show kindness to a person and show love when I see them just because they offended me? How can I not go make it right with my sister or my brother in Christ? And I know I'm feeling a way in my heart, but I don't say nothing. And I let it harbor. And then the enemy now has a legal right to come in and he begins to play on it and it festers and it grows. And, and I'm, I'm going through all of this in my mind. And that other person probably has no idea. And I'm getting more and more angry. I'm getting more and more offended. I'm not liking the person. I'm just going through all of these changes. And really when I need to just go have a conversation. And so he began to show me the truth. The truth was that I still had some work to do. The truth was that I needed to go and I had to go make amends with some people. And I did that and I had to. And it took a lot of humbling myself. I had to truly humble myself and go have conversation with people who I felt hurt me. People who I really was had an amends, had, had really had offense, really was feeling a way, didn't like, like just didn't want nothing to do with them. I had to go and I had to have a conversation and be honest and tell them my truth and listen to theirs. I had to be willing to let it go and genuinely love them, whether we be best friends or not. I had to be able to, to really just do the Christ-like thing. And it's in that when glorified when we're really able to to get out of our flesh because it's our flesh that tells us to be unforgiving or it's our flesh that tells us to repay evil for evil it's our flesh that wants to take our situation and get us so focused on our situation and start making us feel like god is doing something against us or god doesn't love us or he's forsaken us or he's withholding something or you know it's our flesh that wants us to focus on bitterness and hatred and anger it is our flesh that wants us to stay in that place but it is our spirit that is saying no go say go apologize even when you know you ain't the one who did 
who who did anything wrong, go apologize, go love on them, go give them a hug, go buy them lunch, you know, go go, you know, shake their hand, call them up, send them a text, see how they doing. Go go and, and you know, tell that person how you felt and ask forgiveness or tell that person you forgive them for what they did to you. It's the Holy Spirit that's telling you to do that because that's the mind of Christ. That's the spirit of God. God is love. And so what's true and what's truth is not the same. So we got to understand that we really get into the truth. We want to lead into the truth of the word of God. We want to lead into the truth of what God says. We want to lean into the truth of his faithfulness. We want to lead into the truth of what we're called to be as Christ, as Christ followers, as disciples, as women of God. We are, our life should be, there should be a distinction between us and women in the world. There is no way we should be responding and acting like women who are unsaved. How are we going to be the light of the world? How are we going to draw people? Christ, if we act like everybody else, if you walking around with a nasty attitude, a chip on your shoulder, if you walk around and you always got a frown on your face, you don't have nothing good to say. You a negative Nancy. All you see is the bad. You're just a pessimist. You know, you're just, there's nothing good. It's always negative. You know, are you always talking about people and gossiping and slandering, or you got all these thoughts and unforgiveness and all this anger. How are you supposed to draw anybody to Christ? And how do you expect Christ to move through you, to work through you? How do you expect him to be able to really bless you in the way that he want to bless you when you have all that, that gunk in your soul, right? It's like that sin, the wages of sin is death. Sin is like a cancer. And please, please forgive me. I don't want to offend anybody who may be battling with cancer or have battled battle with cancer. It's a very serious and sensitive um, subject. And I, my and my prayers are um, going out to you if you're enduring that in this moment. God is a healer. There's nothing too difficult with him. But I have family members who've had cancer and I've seen the way that cancer really just begin to take over their body and they begin to, you know, really destroy their body from the inside out. That is what that sin does, especially those internal sins, those sins that are in our heart, right? Those hidden sins, those sins that other people may not know about, but God knows about it. And so they, those things begin to be like, you know, cancerous where they, any, everything that we touch is infected, right? And so when we have that in our spirit and in our, well, in our souls, it's not in our spirit, but it's in our soul. We are not really able to be a vessel that God can freely move through. And then we are giving the enemy an open door to come into our life because now we're, we're having unconfessed sin. Now he has a legal right to come in and he's going to wreak havoc. He's going to come in to kill, steal, and destroy. He's going to come in and try to maximize that anger, maximize that unforgiveness, maximize, you know, that bitterness. Bitterness, maximize that resentment, maximize that comparison. He's going to come in and try to just blow it up out of proportion and magnify it till you don't see anything but that. And then it's going to be so hard for you to hear and so hard for you to be sensitive to the Lord and the, and the unctioning of the Holy Spirit that is trying to help you to release it. Because we look at release, we look at forgiveness, we look at showing mercy, we look at showing kindness sometimes as being weak. But if you really are honest, it takes so much strength. It takes so much strength to be kind to someone who is unkind, someone who has hurt you, offended you, some, someone who has truly did something that's very, very, very bad or, you know, really, you know, did something to betray you or really just did something that was life changing to you or really, really impacted you in a very, very, very negative way. It's so hard. It takes the strength of God for you to be able to show love and mean it. It takes the strength of God for you to be able to forgive and mean it. And the truth is that God wants, that is what he's calling us to as women of God, as men of God, as people of God. This is the life he's calling us to. We are to live the life of Christ. We are to be the reflections, the hands and feet of Jesus in the earth. We are supposed to be the light in this dark world. We see chaos all around. We hear about death and chaos and destruction, violence, murder, mass shootings, all kind of stuff day in and day out. How are we being the light in an already dark world? We don't want to add to the darkness with our nasty attitudes. We don't want to add to the darkness with having the unforgiveness and the bitterness or whatever the case may be. We want to truly be a city set on the hill, the salt of the world. We don't want to be like that salt that lost its saltiness, its flavor, then it's no purpose, 
right? We truly, in this end times, our heart and our goal should be really getting the harvest. You getting the harvest, being laborers, going out and penetrating this world for the kingdom of heaven and making more disciples of man. But we can't do that if we truly are not walking in the love of God. And if you are walking in the love of God, you will receive when he begins to convict you, when he begins to correct you, when he begins to show you you. Because I'm telling you, he has been showing me me. And I've been like, mm. Wow, I didn't even know that that I was like that. I didn't know I was really like that mean. I didn't really know I was that angry. I didn't really know I was that unforgiving. I didn't really know I had that much bitterness and, and resentment in my heart. Like really, I didn't know because on the on the surface in my my true character is kindness. I love people. I'm generous. I'm kind. Anybody who knows me knows that. But that doesn't mean that there isn't a part of me that still is holding on to these negative um, feelings and emotions. And so I had to agree with God. The Bible says, how can two walk together lest they agree? God is not a man that he shall lie. He's not going to tell you anything wrong. It is sometimes difficult to hear that the issue is you. <laughs> that the issue ain't boo. It ain't it ain't bae. That the issue ain't your spouse. It ain't your husband. It ain't your co-worker. It ain't your boss. The issue ain't your money. It ain't your finances. The issue ain't, you know, the government. It ain't the man. You know what I'm saying? The issue is you. And that's the truth. But the truth will make you free. And so again, if you are feeling like you're stuck, you're in a famine, things are drying up, and it has, there is really no outwardly explanation of why. You know you're trying to do everything the Lord is telling you to do. You're living your life to the word of God. That's when you really need to go to God and ask him. What really is going on? Ask him to show you your heart, show you you. Is there anything in you that is un, that is not of him? Is there any unconfessed sin that is hindering your prayers, hindering your breakthrough, hindering your blessing? You will be surprised. And it's so simple. And the moment that you come into agreement with the Lord and you release that thing, you repent, you renounce it, you know, you seek forgiveness, you confess it, whatever he leads you to do, your life can change overnight. I'm not guaranteeing that it will. So I don't want you to say, Janelle said, <laughs> my life going to change overnight if I do X, Y, and Z. That is totally up to the Lord and his timetable, his calendar for you. However, what I do know is that your life will change. If if that is what's holding up, you know, the Lord from doing what it is that he said he's going to do in your life, that is all he needs. All he needs is that green light. All he needs is for you to come back into the side of righteousness. All he needs is for you to come and have clean hands and a pure heart before him, right? And then he is going to be able to freely, you know, release those blessings, open up those windows of heaven, pour you out a blessing that you don't have room to receive. And not to say that the enemy will not try to fight against it, not to say that there won't be opposition, but it doesn't matter. Nothing's going to be able to stop the move of God in your life. You may have to continue to pray. You may have to continue to press. You may have to continue to believe. You may have to continue to, you know, confess. You may have to continue to praise and worship, but trust and believe nothing is going to be able to separate you from God's love and nothing is going to be able to stop him from doing what he has promised to do for you. And so the truth is God is for you. And if God, who can be against you and don't believe the lies and don't believe what even seems true and go back to what is truth. Go back to that word of God. Start studying the word. Google. What does the word say about your situation? What did God say about you? Ask him in prayer. Ask him specific questions, right? Seek him to what so you can stand on the truth and that truth shall make you free. Amen. And so I pray this blessed you. Um, I thank everyone for joining, coming on into the live for all who listen to the replay. Um, thank you so much. Um, you mean so much to me. I appreciate each and every one of you. And I just pray that this particular um, episode really pierced the hearts of some of us and really, really gets deep into your spirit because I do believe that God is, we are in a transition season. A lot of us are experiencing a time of transition and it looks chaos and it looks like failure and it looks like famine and it looks like you know decrease it looks like being behind it looks like loss but don't get caught up on what it looked like yes the circumstances may be true but what is the truth and the truth note that the lord said he has an expected end for you that the good work that he began in you he's going to complete it into the day of christ jesus that god withholds no good thing from the upright and the righteous know the truth 
stand on the truth. His word will not return to him void. He watches it to perform it. You got to know that you know. Know what he said. Don't focus on the lack. Don't focus on the circumstances. Don't focus on what you don't have. Focus on him. Focus on the truth. Focus on the word. Focus on praise and focus on, you know, those things that are going well. Focus on every one of your needs being met today. Focus on you have a roof over your head today. Focus on you got food on the table today. Focus on you had enough to meet whatever needs you had today. Don't worry about tomorrow for it has its troubles of its own for you cannot add one hair to your head by worrying. You got to just focus on today. I know for me, that's really where a lot of my discontentment and a lot of my, you know, hopelessness and my despair comes in because I'm so fearful of something that's going to, I think is going to happen in the future. And it's like, I spent all this energy, I'm crying, you know, I'm bawling, I got tears. I'm just like, so down in the dumps, you know, I'm just crying out to God and begging and whining and pleading and, and, and all of these things for something that didn't even happen yet. So what I'm facing in the moment may be true, but the truth is God is able to do exceeding and abundantly above all I can ask or think. God can change my situation in an instant. And so we want to focus on the truth. And I pray that that truth shall make you free. And so I just thank you for listening to today's episode, True versus Truth. I hope it blessed you. I pray that the Lord blesses you and keeps you. I pray that the Lord will make his face to shine upon you, be gracious to you, and grant you his peace. As always, I will um, leave you with my favorite quote. Your past does not define you. It develops you. And you are worthy. I'll see you next time.